Hi friends, you're listening to Self Love is Blind. I'm your host Jillian and I'm partially blind. On this podcast, we discuss all things self-love related. The challenges, the self-doubt that can get in the way, and suggestions on ways to overcome those challenges. So this is the second episode of my two-part conversation with Claudette. So if you haven't heard the first part, I suggest going back to the last episode, which was episode three called Queen of Quotes Part 1. We had almost too much to talk about. But before we jump back into it, I wanted to take a second to mention a couple things. Thank you so much for everyone who's been reaching out to me. I'm blown away by the support I've received so far. Yesterday was International Women's Day, so I thought I'd Take a second to talk about Catherine O'Hara's interview on the CBC podcast More with Anna Maria Tremani. Catherine O'Hara is a powerful and inspirational woman. She spoke about her part in Schitt's Creek as Moira Rose. She spoke about not having a plan in life and not thinking this is where she would be at when she was in her 60s and the fact that she's having so much fun right now. Catherine's path in life wasn't a straight one, much like Claudette and her favorite quote. In the interview, they talked about the family dynamics behind the scenes on the show and how throughout her career, she's been part of different families, which I feel like I can kind of relate to falling into different amazing teams and groups of people throughout my life and career. She said she was always surrounded by people who were funny and how important it is to laugh. And that's sort of how she was encouraged to be funny in life. In this episode, me and Claudette talked a bit about um, relationships with people in our lives and boundaries that we need to set with them, and I just want to touch on that. So after listening to this episode, it reminded me of something that I talked about with Trevor, who's my upcoming guest next week. After we recorded, um, we talked about how it's super important to surround yourself with the kind of things that you want your life filled with. So if you're always respecting, listening, offering useful information, kindness, love, you're more likely to receive that energy that you're putting out. You don't want to put demands on people in your life, but it's important to have boundaries. We all have talents and successes, as well as things we struggle with. I've decided to take my talents and my challenges and combine them together. By totally embracing my eye condition and my knack for making connections or making people feel comfortable, I've been able to create this podcast. As Catherine O'Hara said in the interview, you cannot control other people's perception of you, no matter what you do. So I say, be yourself. If people don't like you for who you are, they aren't for you. My identity isn't my disability. Just as your weight, your gender, skin color, or religion doesn't determine your worth. I heard a term recently that I really liked. Instead of saying disabled, let's start saying differently abled. And also, instead of saying handicapped, parking space or stall, let's say accessible parking or accessible stall. At the end of the last episode, I gave some info about what depression can look like. In this episode, me and Claudette talk some more about it, but I also wanted to include a little bit about anxiety too, because it can oftentimes come alongside depression. And again, I didn't know enough about anxiety to see it myself, so here's a couple things that you should know to look out for. Memory issues, insomnia, rapid heartbeat, headaches, trouble breathing, constant worrying, procrastination, 
trouble concentrating, needing reassurance, lack of patience, panic attacks, stomach issues, sweating, avoidance, overthinking. You may not even realize that someone has anxiety because there are people out there who have high-functioning anxiety, and the anxiety may look like something different to somebody who doesn't know what anxiety looks like, you know? So here's some signs of high-functioning anxiety and what you may see versus what you experience. You see detail-oriented. It could be because of overthinking. You could see a person is outgoing. That could be people-pleasing. Someone might seem active, but they have inability to slow down. Someone might seem super helpful, but they might have trouble saying no because of anxiety. Someone can seem hardworking. That could be a serious fear of failure. It might seem like someone performs well under pressure, but when actually it's been a lot of procrastination and over-planning and overthinking. Things you might not know about anxiety is it's worse at nighttime. Sometimes it makes people angry and they might lash out. It's very common. There are over 40 million U.S. adults experiencing anxiety disorders. It can cause physical symptoms such as headaches, body pains, digestive issues. It can be exhausting. Your brain never stops. It's unpredictable, so you never know when it's going to strike. You always feel guilty or like you've done something wrong. So a simple thing like someone saying something different to you or in a like a different tone or somebody not messaging you back or they would normally get back to you. You could overanalyze that and think it was something that you did wrong. I know for me personally, um, I never realized that I had anxiety until, until I learned what it was. And I mean, we all have anxiety at some points, but I didn't realize how much it did affect me in my day-to-day life. So uh, just as an example... A couple weeks ago, after I had launched the podcast, um, when I said I was overwhelmed, I meant that in both senses of the word. Um, Very grateful and overwhelmed with happiness and support, but also a little stressed. So the funny thing is, sometimes you don't even realize the things that you say and the impact it's going to have on someone, whether it's negative or positive. And I know it's usually never even intentional. So I was talking to two separate friends before I dropped the last episode. And one of them said, if you don't stay consistent on the day you say you're going to launch you're not going to do well. And that just kind of stuck in my head. And the more I thought about it, the more I dwelled on it and the more overwhelmed I became. And then at the same time, I was also thinking about what my other friend had said, which was, you know, she said, like, I didn't realize how big of a responsibility this is for you. And the message that you put out, you really have to consider what you're putting out. And so those two things got in my head and I got really overwhelmed. And with the technical difficulties that I was having, I started to kind of freak out. Like, it's just me. How can I, um, this is taking way too long to edit these episodes. I'm not going to be able to produce one every week. This was before I figured out how to do things faster. But yeah, so I just think it's good to be aware um, when you're overthinking and just remind yourself that, you know, maybe you're, you're having a bit of anxiety and it will pass. 
I'm trying to be more conscious of my relationships with other people, trying to have more of a balance. Um, as Steph mentioned in the first episode, I always was kind of more of a giver than a taker with people in my life, and I'd allow people to walk over me. I'm trying to be more protective of my energy these days, and while this is a good thing to be aware of, it's always good to put yourself in other people's shoes. Maybe they can't be there for you because they're going through their own shit. Sometimes we need to pick up the slack when we can in our relationships and friendships. Just be aware of the whole picture. I want to thank everyone for the support and patience while I find my footing here. I got the last episode out on Saturday night, so at that point I wasn't able to get an episode ready to put out for Tuesday, so I decided to start this week. Keep in mind, I'm doing everything myself. I'm trying to find the balance between social media, editing, planning, website maintenance. Um, I'm also trying to make everything accessible, looking for suggestions if anyone could send me them with the website and stuff. And I'm also looking into getting transcriptions. I also need to worry about promotion and getting sponsors for the show. I'm not making any money yet from this. Um, I'm putting in a lot of hours to keep it going, but I definitely need some sponsorship. The support I've been receiving is really what's keeping me going because it, it really means a lot to me. You're helping by just listening. But if you want to do more to help, I would absolutely love it if you could share my posts or tell some friends about the show. Also, if you could go over to iTunes and give me a five-star rating or send me an email at selfloveisblind at gmail.com to let me know what I can do to improve it. It helps the show to reach more people that might benefit from the content. Subscribe to my Patreon account for exclusive content like monthly bonus episodes by the host, bi-weekly Zoom hangouts, and you might even get a shout out on the podcast. Check out Self Love is Blind on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you could follow us or subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Self Love is Blind is created, produced, and sound designed by me, Jillian Gillis. Intro beat sounds by Scotia Music. Logo design by Brandon Mosier. And website powered by Christopher Oxner. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this second part of the two part conversation with Claudette Garland. But you can't please everybody, and you, and you can't help everybody. Like, what will help one won't help another. But if you help that one, that's the one you were meant to be. Right, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the beauty of what I'm doing here, because I, I want to have people with the same experience talk about um, different things that help them, because something that helps you may not help mm -hmm. me, and vice versa. So. Well, the little blurb that I put on uh, the ladies' page the other day was about, you know, depression. And this time of year can be very deflating for a lot of people, because, you know, there's the hustle and the bustle and all the, the glitz and the sparkle of Christmas, and then, boom, it's all over. Decorations are gone, and it's kind of like a low point. It's like, whoa. Yeah, You're into the, the doldrums of winter, you know, the dirty cars and the muddy sidewalks. and <laughs> Just, you know, the days are still dark, but they're getting lighter. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, not uncommon for depression to set in this time of year. And I had posted a few, you know, things to do if you were just feeling a little low. Mm -hmm. Simple little things that, you know, and that psychiatrist that I worked for years ago, Dr. Wilfred Gardner, he used to say to a lot of his patients... Do that one thing when you get up in the morning that you least want to do. Once you get over that hurdle, 
everything else will come into place. And I used to think, mm-hmm, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's true. Because, you know, if you get up in the morning and you've got dirty dishes in the sink, it's like, ugh. Do the dirty dishes. Just get them done. Yeah. Once that's out of the way, you can roll onto something else. But he really, uh, he was good with his advice, I must say. But, you know, get up. If you're just feeling a little low, take that shower. Don't take a bath. Take a shower. Something about the running water. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's some scientific evidence to that somewhere. Right. But I've heard a lot of people, like even when my husband was going through cancer, water. He just always felt better with that shower on him and my niece was the same when she went through cancer she had uh, her mom had said that whenever she was you know really down and out the shower always perked her up always just made her something about the water wow yeah and you know slather on that lotion doesn't matter if it's that high-end 48 hour sustaining stuff or the stuff you got at the dollar store put it on put on your favorite outfit or you know your Fancy undergarments. <laughs> Go outside, you know, take a breath of fresh air. It's just the little stuff. And, you know, it's been proven that those little things sometimes are what keeps people alive. Yeah. Just those small steps. Yeah. And it's all about the small steps. Yeah. And just Nothing comes overnight. Reaching out to anyone, really. Call somebody. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Talk if, to your cat. Yeah. Or even just this, this group here yeah. that we have... I'm sure if any one of those ladies was to, you know, put out, I'm looking for some words of encouragement, Mm -hmm. I'm struggling right now, I bet you there would be at least five people comment on that Mm -hmm. within the hour. Well, one lady had commented back to those, you know, that little script I put on there about, I shouldn't call it a script, feelings, my personal feelings about depression. And uh, she said, oh, you know, I love this. I so needed to hear this today. I so needed to read this today. Yeah. And there's been different posts that I put up that, you know, someone will comment and say, wow, that really hit home or gee, I needed to see that. You know, it's like you're not alone. And sometimes I thought about, you know, the group's name. It's Time Ladies. Maybe I should change the name. But when I first initially started, it's like it's time that we started to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's time that we formed a sisterhood. Yes. Yeah. There's way too much. You know, women need to support women, no matter what it is in the careers, in home life, marriages. Mm-hmm. You just you need to have that sisterhood. Yeah. And I got to say, I have seven friends that are good friends. A lot of the ladies around the lake where I live, I've dubbed us the Real Housewives of Mush and Mush. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're becoming known as that. I love that. Yeah. And I've said a few times, we really should have our own show because we are quite the group. Well, hey, you know what? Maybe it doesn't have to be a television show. Maybe it could be a podcast. Well, maybe. Yeah, I think that would be hilarious if, if you and your girlfriends had like... <laughs> well, we went to celebrate one of our girls' birthdays just a few days ago. And, you know, we had the ladies' luncheon and then we were going to the think tank. Right. And... uh that- what is that? Oh, it's a, um, it's a franchise that you get in um, scenarios where you have to unlock clues to get to the next clue to get out. Oh. And this one was called The Cure. Kind of like a, an escape room. An escape room. That's okay. exactly what it is. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the five of us were, you know, just kind of thrust in this room and it's like, what do we do? Where do we go? Where do we start? And we're all experts in our own fields. <laughs> like, but where do we start? <laughs> It's like, well, do we put on those lab coats, like, in the time of COVID? And the the lady who was there that day, she said, well, you can if you want. You know, everything's laundered. And so, you know, some of us put on lab coats, and then eventually we all put on the lab coat. <laughs> and But we're still like, well, where do we go? What do we do? Where, where are we supposed to start? And every now and again across the monitor in the first room, there would be a clue. And it's like, oh, okay, okay. And me, who's an overthinker, mm-hmm. I was like, ah. Don't have to bother with that. That's just a ruse. Like, down on the bottom line, that's what we have to pinpoint. And it's like, I'm not bothered with any of this. I'm just going to try to pick the lock, you know? <laughs> and we were laughing like fools. And then it was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is what, this is what it is. And we go and do it. And then it would unlock the lock. And we were feeling pretty proud of ourselves. And uh, we never got out, by the way. We didn't get out of the first room. <laughs> but at the end of it, when our hour was up to decipher all these clues... The birthday girl put her hand in her lab coat pocket for the first time. And she pulled out this laminated piece of paper. And it was like, how to start? 
we spent we spent the first 20 minutes trying to figure out what were we supposed to do where were we supposed to start and there it was and i i said one thing we've proven to ourselves is that we work great together five women work great together yep because we just had it all in a flow and if you know one had an idea we you know built on that or and then we kind of looked at her and said, what do you mean you never put your hand in your pocket? It was kind of like the first time there was any angst there. And she said, I don't know, I never put my hands in my pocket. It's like, oh my God, we could have saved ourselves 20 minutes. But it was, it was it's really... It's a learning experience. It was a lot of fun. That's so fun. And we do have fun. That's, I've still never had a chance to go do an escape room, but I think it would be so fun. We're going back in February. That's we're going awesome. again. Not to that one, because that one was called The Cure. And you had to... Um, the premise of that one was you had to save the world from this virus. <laughs> Y'all gone now because Good at timing. one point I just said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just going to go and sit in that chair in the corner because the world, we've got like five minutes. They are done. So I'm not wasting any more time doing this. Yeah. If, if the end is going <laughs> to. The end is going to come. Thanks to us. I'm just going to enjoy the last few yeah. minutes that I have. <laughs> but it was, it was fun and it was nice to know that a group of women could work that well together. I said, this is this is probably, these escape rooms is something that every corporation or business out there should do with their employees because it really does formulate team building. Yeah, any team that has to work together yeah. would be beneficial. Yeah. And then, of course, we digested it for hours afterwards of what we should have done, could have done. But next time, we're, we're not going back to that room. We're going to try a different, uh, different one. Yeah. Yeah, but we're going again in February. And that's something we do is... You know, we celebrate each other's birthdays as they come along throughout the year. It's always like a big deal. Mm -hmm. And we always have a get-together and, you know, do fun things together. Like, we really all believe in the sisterhood. That's really nice. And going back to where you said about men not Mm -hmm. being in this group, men do need a group. Men need some kind of a support group Mm -hmm. amongst themselves. Society has sort of raised them to feel that they can't share. Yeah. And it's, it's sad, really, because... I feel bad for men that they can't or don't feel that they can. Yeah, society has ingrained in in males in society that they can't show emotion. Yeah. And uh, there's even women out there who look down upon men who, you know, express Mm -hmm. their emotions and show their sensitivities. And it's, uh, there's still a long way to go with that as well, I think, but... Mm -hmm. I think Uh, you're right. Men do need some kind of platform where they can feel free to express themselves. Express themselves, yeah. Yeah. Put it out there and have have the knowledge that they're not alone too. That it's okay to feel. And it's okay to feel it's okay to feel inadequate. It's okay to have self doubt. Mm -hmm. You're not any less of a, a man or a human being. Women can talk about that more freely. Exactly. And that goes back to society because, you know, we're the, the softer, gentler. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I always said, I'm not a damsel in distress. I don't need a knight in shining armor. And a lot of men like that position, though. Right. They want to be the savior of things. And they want to be, I don't know what the, even the right word is. They want to rescue you. You know, they want mm-hmm. you to look up to them and... Strong women very often intimidate men. Yeah, I think that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. Talking mm-hmm. about women, strong women being uh, intimidating to others. You know, a lot of people find women intimidating, strong women. Mm-hmm. How can we change that dialogue? Like, I think if we understand where she's coming from, a strong woman won't be so intimidating. Well, I hate to keep throwing out cliches, but strong women are not born they're forged mm-hmm. you got to walk through a lot of fires to become a strong woman you've survived a lot yeah my personal trainer that i hired last year she was very much intimidated to take me on as a client mm-hmm. because she was intimidated by me but once she got to know me she said oh my god like i can't believe i ever felt that way <laughs> and uh, she has a a group and she had asked a question in that group of you know what's one thing that I don't know about you that would surprise me. And my answer was, I'm not who you think I am. And her comment back to that was, you are so right. Remember how scared I was when I first took you on as a client? (laughs) I intimidated her. But once she got to know me, and, you know, it's just women that get to the top in their careers or in business, 
they've had to claw their way there most times. Mm-hmm. And they have to be aggressive to get there because, you know, I don't want to sound too sexist, but, you know, lots of times they're, it's a man's world. Mm-hmm. And they have to work a little harder. And you have to fight to get the respect that you deserve. Even in politics, I found there were times that I did not get the respect that I deserved, even though I had the knowledge. Right. And I did spat back at uh, someone in a a higher food chain in the political world that disrespected me during a meeting, and I simply wasn't going to stand for it. And I said, no, you don't get to diss me like that. I have more knowledge about this than you could ever have. Mm-hmm. And you just completely disrespected me and dismissed mm-hmm. what I was saying. And I said, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Kind of took him back a couple of inches, I think, when, when I said that. Because I'm not saying all men in politics are like that, but there's still a few. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's women have come a long way, but we've got a long way to go for equality. Yeah. It's, it's getting there, but it's got a long way to go. And I, I still like, for me personally, I still like for a man to open a door for me. Although sometimes I bowl right through like a, you know, fortune. <laughs> like a raging bull in a china shop because I'm so used to looking after myself. <laughs> you know, and I, sometimes I have to stop and let someone open a door for me because it's just so natural for me to just do it on my own. Yeah. But just give someone else the chance. Get to know them. Um, if you're intimidated by a strong woman, that's pretty much on you unless she's been overly nasty to you. Mm-hmm. But just try to get to know her yeah. and understand her story of how she got there. It wasn't easy. Yeah. And try to, like, ask yourself why you feel that way yeah. and, like, turn it around on yourself. And, yeah. Like um, I always say, I can't, I can't help how other people think about me or think of me. And really, it's none of my business. Yeah. No. It's so true. Yeah, I like that quote. Does it, has it ever called you uh, the queen of quotes? <laughs> Probably. (laughs) I think after today, I'm going to start calling you that. (laughs) (laughs) I've been called the queen of the kitchen. Okay. Yeah. Or just the queen. Well, if, uh, if Mac got his cooking skills from you, then I can, I can attest. (laughs) He is a good cook. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, (laughs) when we went away this summer, a little group of us, when the cases were down to zero here and we were able to spend time with each other. A few of us rented an Airbnb and Matt pretty much cooked for us the whole weekend. Mm -hmm. And it was so good. He is, yeah. He's so good. Well, that was something that I um, instilled in both the boys when they were young. Although they used to make a bloody mess in the kitchen, from a very young age, I allowed them to cook and experiment. And so, jeez. Some of them were unedible, but, you know, (laughs) my oldest son is, he's a great cook too. And he likes to experiment a lot with different spices and flavors. And sometimes it's like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Turns out great. (laughs) You know, he'll tweak this and he'll do that. And for Christmas every year now, I buy him something cooking related, like, (laughs) you know, spices or a book or a new pan or there's always something cooking-wise, incorporated in his gift. Wow. Yeah. They're, no, they're both good cooks, i got to say. Yeah. Haven't been invited for Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving yet, but Uh-oh. just putting that out there. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> yeah. So coming back to um, leading women and how they can sometimes be intimidating to others, how can... Leading women help support women who may be struggling without coming off as trying to fix them. Or I've noticed people sometimes think that they are being attacked. Constructive criticism can be hard to hear. Can also be really hard to give mm. in a an effective I mean, way. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, you know. But sometimes the hard things have to be said, and you can explain or maybe be a, a little more well communication. It's all about communication. Mm-hmm. You can say, look, I'm not I'm not trying to fix you, Yeah. but here's my experience. Or what do you think about this? You know, like, don't talk at them. Talk with them. Mm-hmm. And just keep the conversation going and say, well, you know, how do you feel about what I just said? Or just keep talking. Don't come off as throwing the arrows all the time. I'm not telling you what to do. 
communicated. Who is it used to say that? Don Cherry? Uh, something about communication is the key. Or I don't even like hockey. Uh, something about the key. Communication was the key. I think I remember him saying that one time. And it's true. It's how you communicate it that you can dial it back a little and not make it seem so like you're lording something over on them. You know, I encourage women all the time in this group to, you know, participate, comment, give your insight, even if it's not something you went through, but something you think mm -hmm. would help the situation. Yeah. Feel free to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's it's gaining some momentum now. I think it's growing. There's still a lot of lookers. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that they're not taking something from it. Because at one point I was thinking of just abandoning, <gasps> there's that word, <laughs> the group and, you know, shutting it down. But then I had a lot of private messages that said, no, please don't. I know that I don't comment or participate, but I really enjoy it. And there's things that resonate with me and I'm, I'm shy or I'm hesitant or... Yeah. Yeah. Just, no, don't take it away. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I even left a comment on uh, a post where you were expressing you wanted a little bit more um, participation. And I was like, I don't always comment or um, post my own things, but I read a lot and I, I like to sit back and observe. Yeah. And I think I take away a lot by well, doing that. I guess that. it's like reading a book. You don't call the author and say what you thought about the book. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you, but you took away some things from that book. So Exactly. Yeah. 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 I had to I had to think about it a little more that you know, I understand why there's not a lot of participation. And then well, if I was writing a book, everybody that bought the book would they call me up and say, Really enjoyed that book, especially chapter three. No, they're not gonna do that. So it's like, yeah, just Yeah. Step back. Yeah, Just and I guess this is kind of my way of participating with you further in that I went back and I took, you know, different things from a few different things that you've posted about in the group and found a way to incorporate that into mm -hmm. our conversation today. I'd say probably 98% of the content that's in that group. I always try to incorporate some of my personal experience Yeah, just to give a level of comfort to other people that... I'm not just talking about something I don't know about. Yeah. I've been there, done that. You yeah. Know? And yeah, I always try to make it as real as possible that uh, it's not just me spouting off a bunch of empty words. Yeah. I've I've had the experience or I've, I've done this or I know what that feels like. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's why I say, like, we're not experts here, but like, no. you know, it, it might be partly opinion, but it's experience. Things we've experienced ourselves, so... I, I um, you know, do a lot of research, and I'll, I'll put up factual information, and then at the end of it, I'll say, you know, what do you feel about this? Or what did you take away from this? Or whatever, you know, to try to invite some... Just get people thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, what did you think about that? Yeah, because the, the more we talk and have communication open, I just think everything's mm -hmm. much better that way. <laughs> You know, some people are afraid, too, that, you know, if they say too much about this or that about their personal lives, that people will uh, make more out of it than what it is, or they've let out some secret or whatever. There's, like I say, there's not a single living person on this planet that knows everything about me. Mm -hmm. But there's probably a half a dozen people that if they got in a room together, <laughs> they would know everything about me. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Because you just, you just don't share everything to everyone. No. You, you have different people that you feel a certain comfort level with mm -hmm. talking about things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I recently spoke to another female entrepreneur, and uh, she kind of touched on how some friends can fall off when you start to build yourself up. Why do you think it is that women don't always support one another? Well, some of that goes back to jealousy. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, lots of times women are a little intimidated or, or jealous that you are advancing and growing, and they're not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they may just feel that uh, maybe you've outgrown them too, or they're a little stuck with the fact that you're improving and discovering, and they're not. They're just stuck in one place. Yeah. They don't know how to come forward. Yeah, and I think that might be kind of what happened with... Uh 
my friend there that was talking about that, she said she had started promoting herself on her personal Facebook, building up um, content to just try to build up her coaching business. Um, And she felt kind of a disconnect with her friend. And like her friend was kind of like blowing her off. And she just kind of like tried to have a conversation about it. And she found herself blocked and deleted off of social media Mm -hmm. and uh the person had said you know like i don't really like the way you're putting yourself out there i guess from what i took away from what she said Mm -hmm. but like yeah when you start to put yourself out there you will see some people fall off and i guess that's those people showing you who they are Mm-hmm. You know, you don't ever really have to dismiss people from your life that don't belong there. Just grow. They'll fall off. Yep. And that's a good example of that right there. Yeah. This girl was growing and for whatever reason, her friend couldn't grow along and just dropped off. Mm-hmm. No, never, never shrink yourself. No. someone else can't expand. Yeah. Exactly. Something else I taught myself to do over the years was um, not lash out at anyone when they ticked me off. Oh. Instead, I'd end the conversation with nice suit or nice jacket, nice shoes, and then walk away. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Cats are fighting. Jax, leave her alone. You know, she doesn't like you. <laughs> You're so pretty. I know. He's so, so sweet. Right. So happy. Mm-hmm. And she's just a cranky old lady. I had a gentleman say to me one time, an older fella, never trust anybody that doesn't like a cat. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's dogs. Dogs. If you don't like dogs, I don't I don't trust you. Well, I found, for me, the way I see someone else treat an animal tells me all I need to know about them. Yep. And like like a ser- server at a restaurant, too. Mm-hmm. It's another big one. And if a dog doesn't like someone, that's a big red flag. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're very instinctive. Uh-huh. Yeah. Strong women don't want to play games. Yeah. No games. No. I can attest to that. They, they don't want lack of respect. They don't want anyone to control them. I think I already hit on that one. Yeah. Being treated unfairly. Don't test their limits. Despise negativity. I've dismissed people from my life. Friends that I thought were friends that were just so negative. It's like, no, I got to get rid of that. I can't. I can't be around that. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and I always say, it's not that I want you to starve. I just don't want you at my table. <laughs> Quote again. <laughs> You really are the queen yeah, of quotes. Queen of quotes, yeah. And uh, you don't want to be around people that don't support you. No, because it uh, just brings you down, right? It does. It, if you're always having someone tell you you can't do something, after a while you'll start to believe it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. Get those people away from you. And sometimes it's hard because it could be a, a, a loved one that is never letting you grow. But you just have to step away. Yep. And emotionally unavailable people, yeah, they got to go. Trust. If there's no trust, there's nothing. Right. And I just found out recently through uh, some other sources that someone had betrayed a trust with me. And it's like, yep, I have no problem dismissing you from my life. You're Mm -hmm. gone. Yeah. It's okay to let people who aren't good for you go. It's not always easy. No. But it's okay. And sometimes for your own mental health, Mm -hmm. you have to. Yeah. They will keep you locked in a place where you'll just be miserable. I had a a good friend, and she was just like dragging an anchor around. And I incorporated her with some other friends that I had at different social functions. And and those friends had said to me, I don't know how you can be around someone like that. She's so not like you. She's like Eeyore. So sad and so negative. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, she is. Mm -hmm. And I really don't enjoy being in her company that much. So I pretty much told her. I just can't continue this. It's, you know, life is not that bad, but you're just miserable all the time. Yeah. And I can't do anything about that. Yeah. And you're and starting to bring me down. Exactly. It, it start rubs, starts rubbing off on you at a certain point, you know. Um, I was dating a guy for a little bit, and at first it seemed like everything's great, like it always does, but... Uh, after a month or two, it was just everything was so negative. It was, you know, this sucks, that sucks, everything sucks. And I just couldn't 
take it anymore. I said, I've, I've tried everything to help you try to get out of that headspace, but nothing I do is helping. And, you know, you can't expect someone else to fix you. Only you can do it. And I had just pulled myself out of a dark place. I didn't need to be drugged back down into that. I had asked uh, a gentleman just recently, recently that was talking to me about his start over in life. He'd been divorced, was married young. They'd been together like pretty much since high school. And he was a little bit blindsided by her decision to leave because he thought everything was great. And I said, well, you must have missed some pretty big markers because people <laughs> just don't leave if it's great. And uh, he worked a lot. You know, they didn't have a big social life. He was very content to work and just be at home. Mm-hmm. And I think she obviously wanted more than that. But I said, he said, oh, it's so hard to start over and there's nobody out there. And, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm something else. And it's like, you keep telling yourself all those things and you will believe it after a while that nobody will want to be around you. You've got to get out of this negative hole that you're in. Yeah. And until you do. But I said, okay, here's, here's my question. I can analyze you to death, but here's my question. Do you truly want to be happy or are you happy being miserable? He didn't really know how to answer that. Because I said, you're stuck in this hole because you're in this hole. Mm-hmm. Nobody can throw you a rope and pull you out. Mm-hmm. You've got to do something to help too. So I said, get out there. Get get out there. Go do things. And he said, well, I've never done anything. I said, don't you have any guy friends? Like, you know, go hang out with your guy friends. He said, well, they're all married or... You know, and I said, well, that's that's the crappy part of starting over middle age. Yeah. Because your friends are still involved in a different lifestyle now. So you're either on the outside looking in or on the inside looking out because you don't seem like you fit in. They're all coupled up and you're by yourself. But I said, go do some things with people. Uh, just go out to a restaurant with friends. And Actually, he and I ended up going out a couple of times to go do stuff. Yeah. Because I said, I'm not looking for a relationship and I don't want anyone to think that by me being in the company, that it's going to go to something else. So I said, we'll hang out different times just to get you out there. I said, and we pick at each other now. I'm the wing woman and he's the wing man. (laughs) That's awesome. Like, I think it's really important to have somebody that you can call and talk to like that. That's, it's really helpful. What are some other things you'd suggest people could do to empower others around them, whether it's a male or female? encouragement and support you know just if someone has a a passion or a dream support them in that Mm -hmm. you know in whatever capacity just to say yeah I really think you can do that it doesn't have to be financial it doesn't have to be you setting them up in a business or anything but just say I really think you can do it yeah I think you'd be good at that encouragement Mm -hmm. goes a long way yeah it does Not everybody has that ingrained confidence that they're going to try something and succeed. No. And even if you do have that confidence, you're still going to have some self-doubt at some point, right? Here's another quote. Fail means first attempt in learning. Mm -hmm. And um, I was reading in Forbes one time that most millionaires and billionaires have failed at least five times in startup businesses or corporations. Not everybody gets it right the first time. Yeah. But you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. It's all about the process. Exactly. You know, a few of my instructors when I went back to school were like, I probably put out hundreds, hundreds of applications before I got hired for the job that I wanted. You're going to fail no matter what you mm-hmm. do. You just have to figure out what's worth continuing on for. Don't take rejection so personally. That's something I've learned too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're, you know, 12 or 13 and you don't make the team, oh my God, it's devastating. But really, is it? You just sit it out for another year, build your skills, try again. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's okay to be disappointed and, you know, you should feel free to have those feelings, but don't dwell on them. And like, don't let that drag you down mm-hmm. just because of one thing. Failure is not always a bad thing. It no. really isn't. I I didn't win the last election. I honestly hadn't... Well, I'd entertained the thought of not even running again. I My passion for it wasn't where I thought it should be, but I thought I did a good job. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I lost by, what, 80-some votes? 
to me, that's not a huge loss. And considering that I didn't campaign, I didn't go door to door, I didn't make phone calls, I didn't put up flyers, mm-hmm. I did nothing. So to me, it was okay if it went either way. Right. Yeah, okay. So I didn't, um, I wasn't successful in the election, which Matt was actually more upset the night that the results came in than I was. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I said, no, I'm fine. I, I was I was good with this a long time ago, which whatever way it went, because I said, now it opens me up to do things that I didn't have time to do before. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's I'm like a launching pad. It's not a step down. To me, it's a step up. And uh, I had been encouraged to run for mayor in the last two elections, but it, that wasn't where I wanted to be. And that was a choice I made. Right. It's um, Failure is not always a bad thing. Sometimes... It puts us exactly where we're supposed to be. We don't always know what's best for us until it happens. Yeah, exactly. You know, as cheesy as it may sound, when they say everything happens for a reason, Mm -hmm. you just don't realize what that reason is. It's so true. Something on, I think actually I put it on Facebook one time. Honestly, now, can anyone say five years ago, where will you see yourself in five years and land right where we are today in the midst of a pandemic? No, probably not. Yeah, no one could have predicted that. No, (laughs) but I don't know if there's how many people are out there that can say where they are today was where they thought they'd be when they were younger. I certainly didn't. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I thought I was going to have medical practice somewhere. That was where my vision was going, was, was going to be a doctor. Yep. Like I say, then, you know, things went sideways. And uh, I I just have resolved myself to the fact that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> um, I think we were talking about different things you can do to empower others. I think I'd just like to add a couple little things to that. Even just something as simple as giving someone a compliment mm-hmm. or a smile. They don't cost anything. And I always try to make an effort to, a lot of times, not every, not all the time, um, smile at people when I go for walks. And Mm -hmm. you don't realize that person could be having a bad day and just you giving them a smile could help in a small way that you don't even realize. Mm -hmm. So I think just little things like that and like a compliment could make someone's day, mm-hmm. you know. I've started to do more of that since I've become more outgoing. I guess I call it outgoing. That, um, yeah, I'll say to someone, I really like your jacket. Mm-hmm. Or those are great shoes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, your hair is pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And it could totally turn someone's yeah. day around. Or, or men too. Like, you know, I've had men open doors to me and I'll say, why, thank you. Chivalry is not dead. <laughs> I really appreciate this. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. men like compliments too, mm-hmm. and they need them. They really do. <laughs> yeah, they do. They need to be told. We all do. We yeah. all need to be complimented. Yes. We all have good qualities. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we should also start doing that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like look in the mirror, and instead of focusing on things that you may not be as confident about, just get comfortable with giving yourself compliments and loving mm-hmm. loving your body in a new way. Yeah. I still have self-doubts about personal things, certain physical attributes I don't like, but there's certain ones that I'm really proud of too. Mm-hmm. And I have to, uh, like you say, you have to tell yourself that it's, we're not all made of the same mold. Well, some of those real housewives of whatever, not much of us. But you watch some of those shows and they're, they must all go to the same plastic surgeon because they're starting to all kind of look alike. <laughs> but yeah, not everyone is made the same. Right. I carry a few extra pounds. I'm, I'm not 100% happy with it, but I'm not 100% unhappy with it. Mm-hmm. I'm learning to be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like, I was always so self-conscious of my weight. And, you know, after I finished uh, my course a year and a half ago, I was probably the heaviest I had ever been. Um, In the last year, I've lost 25 pounds. Over Christmas, I put 5 to 10 back on. But that's that's okay. And I've started reminding myself that that's okay. Be more kind to myself. It was the holiday season. Don't beat myself up for mm-hmm. wanting to enjoy. Yeah. But yeah, like I've started looking in the mirror and 
actually liking the person I see, even though I may not be at the the weight that I want to be at. But yeah, I just I'm much happier now that I've worked on like my self worth and self confidence. Just doing little things over the course of the last year, I don't have any problem looking in the mirror and being happy with what I see. You know, I see stretch marks and that's okay. That's uh, my my body has adapted, mm-hmm. you know, body changes and adapts. And Self-love is hard. It really is. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to start doing this podcast to help people um, just give people different tools to you know try to change their mindset around loving themselves Mm -hmm. um, because it's not easy and you know people think if you're overly confident or you're all that in a bag of chips that you're conceited and you're not it's got not self-love and conceit totally different things Mm -hmm. totally different yeah yeah so that being said do you have any suggestions for anyone on things, say if someone hasn't found their confidence in life and or their confidants, the people that they can turn to, if they don't have that, what are some things that they can do to empower themselves if they don't have anyone to turn to? Because I know a lot of people don't have that, unfortunately. Well, what you just talked about, like, I refer back to my friends a lot, but, you know, one had said... Oh, this self-love and self-care stuff. She said, you know, at my age, that's not relevant to me. Well, I think it's relevant to everyone. Mm -hmm. If you don't take care of yourself, no one else is going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. You need to be pouring from a full vessel. If you have someone else that depends on you, if you're not in the right place, you can't help them either. Mm -hmm. Just focus on your things you do like about yourself Mm -hmm. instead of the things you don't like about yourself. Right. Build on that. Yeah. I'm, I had, and you know, I have some of my best friends still say, well, you're going there. Don't say that. I catch myself sometimes saying, oh, God, yeah, look at this. Look at that. Oh, my nose seems so big. Or, you know, I'm having a bad hair day. Or I think I've referenced that a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we all have things that we don't like about ourselves. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with societal pressures, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the fashion industry. This is only the last few years that... You know, bigger girls were featured yeah. on runways or, you know, only the very fashionable clothes are made for the size zero. Right. <clears throat> and we've always been taught that that's the only body type that yeah, is exactly. attractive. And, you know, I follow somebody on Instagram and she's like very body positive. Like there's a whole movement going on with body positivity now mm-hmm. and these girls you know they they're in a way they're fat positive but not in a negative way if mm-hmm. that makes sense and i think that's really important like, we all have different bodies nobody's body is the same and you know where i was going with the society always telling us that you know the slim athletic body is the only attractive body it's not true there are people out there that do prefer a different body type Mm -hmm. big beautiful women are very attractive to a lot of people very yeah yeah i i think the girl that i was talking about like she's gorgeous and really beauty is is not everything you could be the most attractive person in the world if you're not a good person if you have an ugly personality it doesn't matter all ugly Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. I worked for um, Pennington's years ago as a, a team leader. And when I was when I applied for the job, one of the first things that was mentioned to me during the interview was I really didn't fit into any of the clothes offered by that line. I was too small. So they wondered if I was going to have a problem working in a, you know, a lady's fashion industry that I didn't fit in right. for a different reason. I was too small. Hmm. And I said, no, because to me, fashion has nothing to do with size. Mm -hmm. It's all about how you wear the garment. Exactly. And uh, I helped a few women through the process. I was always, you know, first thing I'd notice about them when they came through the door was, how's that undergarment fitting? Because going off in that that direction, but (laughs) foundations work in all levels of life. 
if you don't have a good foundation, you're not going to go anywhere. It's like a house. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing how, uh, and, and there's been programs on television about this, how so many women are wearing the wrong size bra. Mm-hmm. And it's true. And I became a bra fit expert. <laughs> and I would say to these women, just let me fit you properly, measure you properly, and you try one of these on and see how it looks. And see how much feel, how much better it feels. How much better it feels and how much differently your clothes look. Mm-hmm. with that they were astounded yeah you know something as simple as that like can really boost someone's self-esteem and i said yeah it all had to do with a piece of clothing right but you didn't know yeah so now you know and you have to be aware of how your body changes as well mm-hmm. because you get that bra fitting yeah. and this time next year you may not be the same size mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. I know with the 25 pounds I lost this year, I went down at least a cup size. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can spare to lose. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Even sometimes with weight loss and weight gain, the size of your shoes changes. Mm-hmm. No, I've never had that one. Actually, well, maybe. <laughs> Not in all cases, but no. in some. You can uh, change I never thought about size that, of your but, shoes. Yeah. yeah. But I was, you know, if I would go in a store and I'd try on, pick something up that I really liked. And I put it on, it just looks terrible. And I'll look in the mirror and I'll go back out. No, that didn't work for me. Didn't turn out like I had it in my head. And then, you know, I might buy a pair of earrings or a necklace or a bracelet or something. I was thinking, you know what? Jewelry always fits. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. Just try to spin things around. Put a put a positive spin on almost everything. Yeah. Like I said. And like, don't, in that kind of situation, don't blame yourself. No. Blame the garment. Exactly. <laughs> It's not me that fits wrong. It's yeah. it's the clothes that fit wrong. Well, the, one of the corporations I worked with years ago, also in the fashion industry, I used to say, you're missing your target market. You really, truly are. The one that you're targeting, she doesn't have that extra money to spend on that right now. Mm-hmm. You're looking for that 30-some-year-old who's, you know, her kids are growing up and she's wanting to get back out and feel good about herself. Well, okay, but she doesn't need 12 pairs of black pants to go to work. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to pay $80 for a pair of dress pants. She'd rather go to a lower price garment that's not such a big investment. Mm-hmm. That way, if she gets bored with it, she doesn't feel bad about dismissing it. Right. So it's you're missing your target market. And uh, actually, it was the president of that corporation that I had that conversation with. Mm-hmm. And since then, a lot of their stores have closed. I guess he didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> But they were. They were missing their target market. And they were um, focusing on um, upselling, you know, Mm -hmm. making garments that uh, bra straps would show because they were a little bit contoured or cut too narrow. But the theory of that was they'll buy a sweater or a jacket to wear over that. Mm -hmm. So it was the upsell was in mind. you got to be careful with some of these industries. There's always always an angle to something, even grocery stores. Mm-hmm. They always say shop the outer perimeter because that's where the healthy food is. Think about it. Vegetables, meats, dairy. Check out everything in the middle. That's where all the candy and stuff is. <laughs> True. And some stores that you walk huh. into, you'll get a blast of fresh baked bread mm-hmm. when you walk through the door. That's on purpose. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that There's makes sense. nothing smells better than that. What do you want to do? Go buy bread or go buy baked goods. Yeah. Or Straight to the hungry. bakery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they know. They know how to... Marketing is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. You know, that's what I took at NSCC 10 years ago. Well, I was longer than that now. But uh, I I just find it super interesting. I never did anything with it because I was, at the time, I was more interested in advertising and you had to move away to mm-hmm. like a bigger city and I just wasn't interested in that. But for for myself, just... Like, thinking about all the different ways that I'm going to promote my podcast is exciting. It's all knowledge that you acquired. Yeah. Yeah. I've combined all the skills I've learned over the years. nothing was ever wasted. No. Nothing. It just wasn't in that particular place. The time wasn't right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then evolved into something else that all those skills that you acquired are now all coming together for this and now I know why. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't make sense before. Going back to what I said earlier with, yeah. you know, everything happens for a reason. As cliche as that may sound, <laughs> it's true. That's like 
I'm I'm doing this because of all these things that led me here. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. So let's on end on a note where what are some things that you do for yourself for to show yourself self love and self care? I love going for my manicures. Yeah. Yeah. I just I love that. Actually, just had another one yesterday. A week ahead of schedule. Oh, they're beautiful. Oh, that ring. And they're mine. <laughs> um, I just do things I enjoy. You know, like if, if I want to have a donair for supper, I'll have it. Yep. Uh, I don't really deny myself anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And shopping. Well, that's sort of scaled back a little now with COVID. But <laughs> I'm a professional shopper. And I enjoy the thrill of the hunt. Okay. I'll always have a list of something in my head that I would like to find, or I'll see something. I don't always shop online and go order it. Right. I'd rather find it, and I love secondhand shopping. <laughs> I adore it. It's it's uh, it's a sport for me. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. I think you'd get along with my mom. <laughs> um, yeah. um, just be good to yourself. And if you're alone, still set the table nice for yourself. You'd be surprised how that mac and cheese is so much better on a nice plate with good cutlery. <laughs> uh, buy yourself flowers sometimes, you yeah. know. I, I don't do that enough. I think the last time I had fresh flowers in my place, uh, they were delivered anonymously. I still don't know who sent those. Um, but I should. I should buy flowers for myself more often because they are uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, nice long baths. Mm-hmm. I like a nice long bath. I really... You know, for most of my life, I was someone's daughter, someone's wife, someone's mother, someone's employee. Now I focus more on doing things for me mm-hmm. instead of doing things for everybody else. And I still take care of everybody else. But I also learned a long time ago that, like I said, if you're pouring from an empty vessel, you can't do anything for anyone else. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing there. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I do, uh, you know, going for a walk, not that I'm crazy about going for walks especially in the winter because i don't mm. like the cold but it's just so good to have that breath of fresh air you know mm-hmm. just step outside the door yep look up at the sky and you know enjoy the clouds we did those things as kids yeah and we didn't realize then how good it was yeah so yeah maybe go back to some of those things that were enjoyable as a child laying in the grass and looking up and you know deciphering cloud formations it's a silly little pastime but it's fun i know it's refreshing yeah yeah i went i went skinny dipping for the first time in my life last year (laughs) i did yeah i couldn't believe how great it was oh that's so fun must have been freeing absolutely and everything is where it's supposed to be you don't realize how buoyant you are I couldn't stop talking about that. It's like, oh my God, this is unreal. Like, it's like, why have I never done this before? It's because, you know, I was too shy or too intimidated. Or Yeah, I mean, I don't really have that problem. <laughs> that happens to me anyway. They're trying to escape from my bathing suit. <laughs> There's just something very amazing about water in all aspects. You know, like going to the beach and watching waves and... <sighs> Hearing it and It's just like a connection to nature. I think so. so I think isn't that where we all, well, it depends on who you believe about evolvement, but, Mm. you know, some theories are that we evolved from the ocean. (laughs) Some is the monkeys, they're, you know, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) I can't, I can't argue because it wasn't Yeah, that's another podcast. (laughs) I don't know how it started, but, you know, if we did evolve from the ocean, I can see why we're so drawn to water. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, just in summary, like a lot of things that we can do to show ourselves self-care isn't always just a bath or a walk or a trip to the manicurist. It's also saying no. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Or talking to a friend. It's Mm -hmm. all the little things that can add up and, uh, all make an impact. I never used to say no. No matter what someone asked me, I'd do it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I used to call it the disease to please. <laughs> I never wanted to say no because I thought, well, they won't they won't like me or they won't think as much of me or they'll have lesser expectations or respect for me if I say no. Yeah. And boy, once I learned how to say no, that was quite empowering. It yeah. It really, truly was because it's okay 
to say no. Yeah, it is okay to say no. I can't believe that we've been talking for two and a half hours here. Uh, <laughs> and even longer before we went on went on air. I think we covered a lot of subjects. Yeah, I mean, I know I could just talk to you all day, so I'm not surprised. I knew I knew this was going to be a long one. Um, yeah, it's been incredible. Um, I think you have a lot a lot to offer, and I'm so glad that you agreed to come talk to me today. Well, thank you for having me. It's it's been an honor. It truly has. It's just been really awesome, and uh, I know I'll probably have you back someday. Oh, great! And uh, we can talk some more about other fun ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, thanks again for chatting with me. I'm Jillian, and I'll see you next time.